Hey everyone, Jordan here. Welcome to the Dossier Podcast, exclusively on call-in. Before we start, I want to give a quick shout-out to my sponsor, Swan Bitcoin, swanbitcoin.com, the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, Um, serving so many clients now. They're the best Bitcoin exchange around. And, and when you start, they hook you up with $10 in free Bitcoin. No questions asked, no strings attached. You go to swanbitcoin.com slash my last name, Jordan Shaktel, and you will be well on your way to stacking Bitcoin. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to talk about this whole Novavax fiasco because it seems that there's all these weird narratives um, entering the press. For those who need to catch up to speed, news on that front, remember that the um, all of the big uh, vaccine, COVID, well, the three big COVID vaccine companies, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, um, they were all authorized over a year and a half ago now, um, Pfizer and Moderna almost two years ago. And it's interesting that after all this time, the FDA's advisory committee finally voted in favor of Novavax's COVID-19 vaccine for use in adults, which, and then via this clearance, there's a lot of people who are now under the impression that Novavax is going to maybe this week get cleared by the FDA. So it's it's a big deal, I guess, if you're a Novavax investor. And the biggest Novavax investor of them all is the federal government. Um, the government has given billions of dollars to Novavax, which currently stands at a market cap of under $4 billion. So the entire value of the company on the market. I think the government through research and development and through, you know, funding these purchase orders, the government has basically entirely responsible for this company. Um, although they, they, they did do some work prior to 2020, they had experimental vaccines on Ebola, on the flu, um, on a couple other viruses, but nothing really stuck. Um, this was a company with a, a very minor presence on the pharmaceutical stage um, with, with COVID. This was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the, the dark horse vaccine, Novavax. So, so they, this seems to be, it, it's, it's a big moment for the company for sure. The question is, what exactly is the point of authorizing the Novavax vaccine? Um, so we can get into that. What's interesting about this FDA panel is that they are infamous for really not giving a damn about safety or effectiveness as proven by this era. Um, as you can recall, they happily um, approved COVID shots for children who are not do not benefit at all from COVID shots. I mean, you can't even make that argument. There's no data to suggest that that is the case. Um, so this advisory panel is like a concoction of pharmaceutical interests and they're massively corrupt. Uh, there's a lot of reporting on this. 
And they unanimously voted, I think, 21-0 or 20-0 with one abstention to clear Novavax on the path to FDA emergency use authorization. Um, Even if you're not aware of Novavax, it's kind of strange that they would do this so unanimously. And this has been the track record the whole time. Um, People thought that there would be voices in the advisory committee or at the FDA who were standing up to these pharmaceutical interests. If you remember, there was two high-level scientists who were involved in the approval process who actually resigned prior to the the booster stuff being approved for kids. Um, But they wrote like an article in a couple academic publications and were never heard from again. So the idea that there's like a big resistance in the public health bureaucracy, it's proven to not exist. And there is no, there's no separation in 2022 in America between the massive pharmaceutical companies, which have basically become, and the government, because these massive pharmaceutical companies, whether they're related to insurance companies or to the COVID um, industry, they've just, they're they're all government funded, government subsidized, and the, the consumer is is the government forcing taxpayers to take their products. Um, you don't need to be in a, a genius in economics to understand that all of these incentives will lead to bad data and junk science. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. Um, so if you're there's a lot of people who have been kind of following the Novavax situation for quite some time. Um, There's been a lot of misinformation, I think, spread by um, the government and pharmaceutical companies about this idea that the one I keep hearing over and over again is that Novavax is a traditional vaccine. Novavax is actually um, here. I'll take uh, Simha. Hey, what's going on? You there? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm here. Hey, uh, Jordan, thank you so much for your um, coverage on all this. You have been someone who I can uh, point people to about how insane all this stuff is. Uh, I just want to say thank, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks. Any, anything you wanted to uh, comment on? Um, do you kind of know other than the interest for Novavax itself, is there an interest from the White House and the government to have another vaccine now? Yeah, this kind of goes back to um, the the days of Operation Warp Speed. The government made a $1.6 billion investment in Novavax. So uh, from my perspective, they they just had um, an incentive to get this thing to market eventually. However, I don't know who is exactly going to be a customer for Novavax. And, and I think, as I was just um, getting to, it, it seems that the marketing for Novavax is that it's a traditional vaccine, but it's actually not a traditional vaccine. Uh, so it, it's, um, it, it just seems to be misinformation and they're trying to sell product. The idea is that those who don't want mRNA injections will perhaps settle with Novavax. The problem with Novavax is in these clinical trials, we saw the same problem that we saw in the mRNA injections, which is an increased risk of heart inflammation, well-established. Uh, if you, I was just going over this data. In the placebo group, there, was, there were no issues with myocarditis. And 
in the Novavax trial, several people who took the injection later suffered from um, symptoms of myocarditis and an increased risk. It demonstrated increased risk for heart inflammation. Um, it, it just makes me wonder, like, who, if their, if their marketing strategy basically is to get people not to pay attention and they will just continue to market it in this manner. But even like speaking from my perspective and, and those who I think think similarly about this issue, I think if you haven't taken any COVID shots at this point in time and you know the reality of like a mutating virus is continuing to get less and less lethal over time, it just, there there should be no market in my view. And I think a lot of people share this reality, um, this perspective is that there should be no market for COVID pills, COVID vaccines, COVID tests, COVID masks. I mean, it, it's all just a money grab. It's all nonsense, um, especially with this idea that, that uh, Omicron, it, and, and there's a lot of, questions about you know the, the variants and and all this stuff and if the testing is finding how the testing is finding these particular variants and what is causing these mutations and all this stuff but it's very clear we've had data for almost two years now no over two years now showing that like this thing is not taking out entire cities and there are no interventions whether pharmaceutical or non-pharmaceutical that are working anymore or that have ever worked to do anything. I'm not even, as those of you who follow me, I'm very much, I remain unconvinced that even these COVID shots that were designed for the original strain, I'm not convinced at all that they actually did anything productive, um, especially when people go down the road of all of these extra doses of the same damn thing over and over again. Uh, and I think there has been, a little bit of an awakening in the, not really in the pharmaceutical side of things because they're just like so drunk on trying to ramp up profits, but, but certainly on the side of like the, the physicians who are thoughtful about this, I don't think that they're going to continue recommending these shots for their patients. And, and although there's a lot of pressure that comes from these outside interests and, and a lot of people who receive government funding are going to force, be forced to recommend this stuff. Um, the, the, I, I just, I, I don't see a market at all for Novavax and I would just caution people not to get scammed into taking Novavax because it, say, it has the same, um, fundamental issues that you saw with the original vaccine. And, and you have to think, is it, is it worth potentially avoiding? Because it, it's already very clear through the data on Novavax that it is not something akin to a cure. It, it's the same issue with this mRNA stuff, that there's a claimed level of protection. Novavax, by the way, is already coming out with boosters. And boosters, of course, for those who are not aware, booster is just the same shot, different dosage. Um, and, and Novavax, like Moderna and uh, Mod Novavax is, so just so people are clear on this, it's a little confusing. Novavax is the name of the company, but Novavax is also what, how they refer to the COVID uh, shot. So um, the COVID shot is sometimes called, I think, uh, Nuvaxovid, which is which is a terrible name because it's like it, it's hard to pronounce. But 
people usually in the U.S. refer to Novavax, and when they're referring to Novavax, um, the company doesn't really have any other products similar to Moderna, similar to BioNTech. So when, when you refer to Novavax, you're talking about the, the shot that the company that's in Gaithersburg, Maryland, is um, delivering. But it's certainly it, it's a protein subunit vaccine. Um, it's not an inactivated vaccine. So it it's still kind of there hasn't been a clear explanation from what I, I've read about why both the mRNA stuff and the these um, other vaccines, the non-replicating or protein subunit vaccines, why they're causing an increased risk for heart inflammation. If anyone wants to jump in and, and um, explain that, I, I, that would be a very interesting thing to discuss. But it's very clear that these shots come with an increased risk of myocarditis. So for me, um, you know, I'm not particularly afraid of getting COVID again. Like for me, it's, it's whatever, you know, if it happens, it happens. But the idea that I would take this shot, knowing that, and the worst thing about this is that people who are younger, um, so especially males have have the worst side effects uh, from this stuff. So I am somehow <laughs> it, it, due to the the weird so supposed science behind this. My um, group of people, which I guess is like eighteen to forty, we are the, we are the highest risk category from from the shot. And, and what's weird about this is that even, even if you are in the best of shape, this is the issue with pharmaceutical interventions. For a respiratory virus, the numbers show that if you take care of yourself, if you're a healthy individual, clearly COVID should not even be something that's on your mind. But what happens when you inject yourself with pharmaceuticals, that can be taken off the table very fast because it seems that depending on, I guess, like your body chemistry, how people react to this stuff is all very different. So you can be a a world-class athlete, get injected with one of these mRNA or Novavax shots, and next thing you know, you have heart inflammation. Uh, So that's why, like, I I think you see a lot of these professional athletes, it doesn't have something to do with them, like, training so hard, or it's just that they are introducing a foreign pharmaceutical that, but by the way, that we don't really understand as well as we should. And these scientists that claim they do um, are usually tied to the pharmaceutical companies that are selling these products. But I think if you ask most doctors, they're very much um, not confident that they can explain how this thing, how the chemistry of these injections works. If you recall, very early on when we had this giant hype cycle behind these shots. There was these YouTube videos, there were these sophisticated explainers claiming that, you know, you get this mRNA injection or you get this Novavax injection and it it, it goes right to the source to fight the virus and there won't be any residual uh, effects. You know, the idea that it would start messing with your heart or with women that it started messing with their cycle. These were unexplained um, events that were not expected. 
And now we're living in this reality where that has become the norm, but it's still unexplained. And it seems that this vi- this these vaccine products, which were supposed to be very targeted, are not targeted anymore. They just like kind of find their way into your system and good luck. And, and by the way, you know, there hasn't been any long-term studies on this stuff. If you look at the NIH website, they make it clear that the trials are not over. So in my view, and I think in many other people who share this perspective, um, you, by using these products, you are also becoming a human experiment. Uh, There's no other way to get around it. But I think, um, so the track record of the, so the advisory committee approved um, greenlit Novavax yesterday. And the track record means that in the coming hours and days, I assume Novavax will be approved for emergency use authorization. What's interesting about that is it creates a lot of legal issues with Moderna and Pfizer, which have FDA approved vaccines, because I don't know how you can continue to say, have one emergency product and then non-emergency products. And those of you who've been following me the past week know that people still don't have access to any FDA approved vaccines, that that was basically a giant scam. Um, but that might, that might change in, in the coming days and weeks. Again, if anyone wants to leave a comment or call in, um, I don't know if I can get, I'm just removing. I have a follow-up question if you have time. Oh yeah, sure. Go for it. So during Operation Warp Speed, the federal government dumped an insane amount of money into all these companies. And so, so what do you think the difference is between having four companies return on investment rather than three, even though you already had like six or seven uh, total? So it's not like they're in a, like if they would sunk the money and not get any vaccine ever, no one would care. The public won't notice. The company kind of goes home happy. But now, two years later, you're now introducing a fourth vaccine. Um, like, what's your, um, what do you think about that? I find it very strange. And it, I've done some reporting on the the vaccine, the COVID vaccine environment worldwide. And many Americans are not aware at all that the U.S. was very unique in the reality that we had fewer products than almost, I think, than any other developed nation in the world. Um, it was basically us, Israel, um, and some of the EU. But the EU also had introduced the AstraZeneca shot, which also um, had a bunch of issues with the side effect portfolio. In other countries, like if you go south to Mexico, you can go to a pharmacy and they'll give you the the shot from, you know, three different shots from India to choose from. They'll give you, um, uh, I think they might even have a deal with the Chinese shot. I think there's, the last time I looked, there were nine or 10 approved vaccines in Mexico. In, in some countries, it, the, these shots are, are very much, when you look at the map of where these shots are available, it has a lot to do with who is 
part of the Western sphere of influence, and then the countries that are closer to Russia, and then the countries that are closer to China. Um, and because there's there's enormous money and power in in this whole like vaccine distribution ordeal, um, but that it does remain an unanswered question. I, I think what happened is that Moderna and Pfizer have an incredible lobbying presence in Washington D.C. and they're extremely cutthroat. And Moderna and Pfizer successfully ran. I assume it was them who were behind it. But they ran an incredible um, series of negative articles about Johnson and Johnson's shot, making it so Johnson and Johnson, in in the perspective of the public, people bought into this idea that this shot was inferior and, and caused more side effects. But I always saw that as a marketing campaign. So I think why it took Novavax so long is probably directly related to both the pharmaceutical industry and the government, the corrupt people in the government, making sure that um, they couldn't enter the market. That, that's the only thing that makes sense to me because it, we, we, can't, we can't claim at all that, um, that, these, that these shots were like a miracle drug because if you look at, I mean, look around, just look at the numbers around America today. You know, people are on shots four or five, maybe even more at this point. And it's not like those who have received an mRNA injection are better off. And, and the global, da global data really shows that to us. So there's a lot of mythology around better shots, but there, there's nothing, there's no like standout country that has produced a certain shot um, where people have optimized results, right? Like, that's where you would see something like a cure standing out. And remember, this was advertised as a cure. So where there, there, the and what's interesting for those who were have been following this early on, if you remember that there was this idea that there had never been a vaccine created for a coronavirus. So it was going to be this incredible uphill battle. And then all of a sudden you have uh, 25 vaccines all over the world, right? So something... Something weird kind of happened there. Um, my educated guess is that all of this stuff is junk, and that's why the problem has never been solved. And um, in my view, we still don't have a vaccine for a coronavirus because uh, you can define... I, I talked to a very prominent um, scientist recently who I cannot disclose the name of this person because it was... a it was a private conversation. But what I didn't realize was that the consensus, there is no consensus definition of vaccine, which is, which is kind of fascinating to me. Um, but to me, uh, and I think to most of the American people pre-COVID, vaccine was supposed to be something similar to a cure. And a cure has never been developed for COVID-19. So we don't really have a cure. Um, and, and in my view, the reason why Novavax has taken so long to um, reach the market probably has something to do with this um, pharmaceutical mafia and the corruption of the FDA, the CDC, the regulatory bodies that approve these products face an enormous amount of lobbying influence. Um, there's so much of this revolving door pharma to government, government to pharma, 
I, I can I can rattle off an incredible list of names just off the top of my head. But if you think of the the more prominent um, recently departed people, you have Scott Gottlieb, um, who was um, Trump's FDA. Was he FDA or CDC? But he he, he was FDA. Yeah, Gottlieb, who was FDA, he infamously went to work for Pfizer. Um, Gottlieb has a column in the Wall Street Journal, which is you know, the corporate press end of the corruption. He basically acts as Pfizer's number one lobbyist, and he's been inside the government and outside the government. Um, just to get a sense of how corrupt the whole pharmaceutical industry is, Gottlieb is not just on the board of Pfizer. He's on the board. If you look at like his Twitter profile, you'll see that he's on the board of like six or seven other pharmaceutical companies that he lists, in addition to the companies that he doesn't list. And what is fascinating about Gottlieb's presence at all these companies is that wherever he goes, their product gets emergency use authorization or FDA approval. And that's just how the system works. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's a bipartisan thing. It's just people come out of the, these, these public health agencies and they're just, this is how, this is business as usual in the DC beltway. Um, Trump's operation warp speed chief was, uh, was a, was a top official at Moderna. He went to do operation warp speed, got Moderna approved. Then he left the government under, and he was also accused of doing some sketchy things. Uh, Stephen Hahn also went to work for the company that founded Moderna. Um, even it, they all get in on this on this grift. It, it, it's not even just top officials from the FDA and the CDC. When you can you can search any you can do yourself a favor and Google any retired FDA, CDC, NIH employee, write their name and joins board in Google and then click Google news and, and you'll, you'll see it. It's just fascinating that the, the types of companies that bring them on and basically what they do is they become, um, unofficial de facto lobbyists for the company and they allow for these products to enter the market. So, so Deborah Burks joined this, like cl- the, bro- the board of this clean air company that, 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 makes the air better for COVID and I'm sure they got approved. Robert Redfield, he, they, they all join these scams. Um, and, and it's disheartening, but, but the thing is like, you should never be listening to these people anyway. They're all a bunch of like grimy scammers and, and, and lobbyists and, and corrupt government officials. So it would be similar to taking the word of the FDA like taking the food pyramid seriously. If you took the food pyramid seriously, you would just be like sick and bloated and, and diseased you know, from all, from all the bread that you're just eating all day. So it's, it's just, um, uh, the, these, the re like the, the Novavax thing does not surprise me at all. And of course, like I'm not seeing anything in the media at all about the downside of Novavax because there's just this, narrative that there's a killer virus out there and Novavax is going to be this savior for people who were hesitant to take mRNA shots. So they'll take something else that has an increased risk of heart inflammation. And then one other thing, um, if you didn't catch this that I, I think I briefly touched upon, 
was um, there's no trial data on the Omicron variant. And this is really important. And, and if you look this information up, it, it's very confusing. So, and, and it's deliberately confusing. So Novavax has claimed that their shot is great for, for Omicron because basically they, they, they monitored people who went through, who had been injected with Novavax. So these were uh, former trial participants. And then when they got Omicron, they, they got some samples from them. And they said that, uh, you know, they had a neutralizing response to Omicron. But this is like very vague and general language. And it's not clear if they actually even compared them to the general population. What was interesting, though, in, in these press releases that uh, so I saw a press release that Forbes wrote for Novavax when they were talking about Omicron. And even Forbes said, and this is a quote, Novavax noted that the neutralizing response for the Omicron variant was four times lower than for the original coronavirus, end quote. And I found that very interesting because that, that is, so basically this idea that they're getting this antibody spike after the injection is supposed to be proof. These are just like two totally unrelated things. But even Novavax admits that the shot is primed for the original coronavirus. And if you look at the CDC has a, has a good spreadsheet on their website of, um, you know, which strain it is prevalent. And I can actually, let me bring that up right now, which strain CDC prevalent. But if you, um, if, if you look into it, usually what's happening is um, for, for the last many months, it's just been Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. And the original strain, as I discussed, has not been um, circulating for, I think, over two years. So so it, it, I, I've definitely made this point before, but it, it's just like saying that you should get the flu shot from 2019 um, because Omicron's out there. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. For me, this is just all the government not wanting to acknowledge a sunk cost. Um, and it's about pharmaceutical profits. Novavax is trying to cash in. But there's such a weak argument. Like I, I think that, um, not financial advice, but the idea that you think like this thing is going to take off. Like Who exactly is the customer base? And you have to remember that the people who have taken these, there, there's been over, I think, 12 billion COVID shots injected into arms. I very much doubt that people are going to line up and be excited to uh, hit themselves with this latest one. What's funny is that these um, there's a lot of these like corrupt media. I'm sure you're not surprised to hear this. There, there's a lot of corrupt media reporters that, that cover this public health beat. And they, in some of these articles on Novavax, they're, they're citing, citing this junk study that insinuates that if you um, if you combine Novavax with uh, Moderna or Pfizer, you're going to get an extra level of protection. And this extra level of protection is based on this this antibody spike that you see when you inject people with this stuff. But is this antibody spike thing going to protect you long term from COVID? Uh, there's no evidence at all. So it's like saying, or if it's 
the, the, the same odds you'll have of, uh, you know, seeing a unicorn once you take the Novavax vaccine. If you think it's going to cure you, you will be the only person in the um, Let me open this up to callers, questions. Uh, uh, Simha, I'm going to move you down from the queue because I think it might be blocking. Um, but... Um, yeah, so I'm actually going to write something a little more robust about this at dossier.substack.com because um, I, I just think there needs there needs to be a lot of focus on what is the cost-benefit analysis on this whole ordeal. And I just see, in my view, you know, not a doctor, but has read the data on Novavax. Um, I, I just don't see anything, anything positive at, at all. Like that, the idea that like who, what is the actual market for Novavax? Because you have to remember that the people who get the side effects for the mRNA vaccines are not elderly people. So the idea that it's like safer for elderly people doesn't really make sense. And those who are holdouts, um, I, I don't know. I, I think Novavax and the pharmaceutical industry as a whole and the American government, they are essentially preying on people who are confused about the idea that Novavax is a um, is like a safe original vaccine, like an old school flu vaccine. It, it's absolutely not like a, a flu vaccine. And it, it's a shame that all of these... I mean, I'm just, I've just been scrolling down these um, media companies and these pharmaceutical press releases and all of these supposedly um, highly regarded publications are all saying the same thing. It's like when I read over and over again that Anthony Fauci is the, the world's most, um, the world's foremost infectious disease expert. Like, no, he's not. He's an idiot. So it's... It's just, um, but, but so I'm going through some of this. Um, it's just unbelievable that these, this advisory committee, what they green light. Like, so the panel was convened Tuesday and they had the chief medical officer of Novavax and they asked him on the spot, what do we have, you know, how, how does this thing compare to, to uh, Omicron. And he said, quote, we don't have efficacy data against Omicron, end quote. So you'd think that, <laughs> that if there's no statistical information to support whether the shot works or not, that this panel would not approve this vaccine. <laughs> but so the chief medical officer continues, Quote, what we do have is a technology that we think generates that we think generates a broad immune response. End quote. <laughs> so, so he doesn't have efficacy data against Omicron. And he's quoted as saying he thinks it generates a broad immune response. Very convincing. But I don't see that in any, in any of the reports. And what's, I can, I can predict, project into the future exactly what is going to happen with Novavax. Um, 
it's not going to work. The, the, the trial data already shows that it has expiring efficacy. Same exact issue with the mRNA shots. And they use this very carefully crafted language, the pharma companies, to get them out of any um, to being held accountable at all for, for this ordeal. Um, so for those who want to take these shots, I wish you luck. <laughs> and um, Novavax claimed in the original trials, and let me know if this sounds familiar, that their shot has 90% efficacy and 100% success in preventing serious disease. Who also claimed that? Everybody. Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson all claimed 100% success in preventing serious disease. Of course, there have been millions of people who have died after taking COVID vaccines, um, not as a result specifically of COVID vaccines, but um, they have gotten COVID and died anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> it's... I, I just like, I, I can't, I can't, I, I wonder how much longer we're going to be dealing with this absurdity. And if you think that Novavax is only going to be a primary series vaccine, well, I have bad news for you because the committee that just greenlit the uh, Novavax for FDA um, approval said that this is probably going to be a three dose series and then after that we're gonna we're gonna think about booster doses um so a committee member was um was interviewed for he so cnn's talking to him and he's talking about how it went so he says quote i think this group was in full recognition that this is probably a three dose series and then we'll need to accumulate data supporting the need for booster doses and subsequent doses to probably make it a three-dose vaccine, end quote. So it seems like the same thing. It's, it's like they know their role. Their role is to sell product that they're approving a primary series. But remember, the FDA and CDC are already on shot five for Pfizer and I think soon for Moderna. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it's just insane to me. It's just totally insane. Um, no, mo, what's interesting there, there is, so the, the FDA panel, there is one point where they clash with Novavax and this is over the myocarditis issue. Um, so I think what's going to happen is that, and I think Pfizer and Moderna love this, is that probably what's going to happen when the FDA approves this is they're going to add a little disclaimer at the bottom that says that young males in the Novavax trial saw a higher risk of myocarditis, a significantly higher risk of myocarditis than in the placebo group where no one got myocarditis. And by the way, there's been an interesting study that shows, um, that I can uh, link to in the dossier, that shows that myocarditis risk from, there is no increased risk uh, specifically via COVID of myocarditis, and there's absolutely increased risk um, 
as, as the, for a young male via the COVID injections. So the idea that it was coming from both sides, um, what I understand about myocarditis is that any type of respiratory infection can make you more vulnerable to myocarditis, but it seems that these shots are introducing a much higher risk portfolio. And I, I think this, this myocarditis thing is, 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 a, is a big deal because I, I think that it's, it's, um, it's Pfizer and Moderna that are, that are pushing this narrative. And I think they see this as a way to sabotage the potential sale of Novavax products and specifically the government purchasing um, more shots. The government, through a $1.6 billion investment in Novavax, has already um, accrued a massive pre-order of Novavax shots. But if the government doesn't actually order the shots or, or take that option, then it's a huge win for Pfizer and Moderna. Of course, the hypocritical thing about Pfizer and Moderna running influence operations against Novavax is that their shots also show an increased risk of myocarditis. But it, I, I think if you get the FDA and CDC to say that the shots have an increased risk of myocarditis, I think Novavax would be totally dead in the water. Novavax was so concerned about this that they actually released a statement last week that, that said um, uh, specifically that the quote is that we believe there is insufficient evidence to establish a casual relationship, end quote, between um, the, the shots and myocarditis and, and pericarditis. But um, it, it's quite staggering, the, the separation between the placebo studies and the, um, the, the trial group, that there is something going on there. I mean, it, it would be like the um, probability of all those people getting myocarditis um, it would probably be something that would shock people. <laughs> so it, it's not like it's, uh, you know, they just like had an unfortunate um, series of mathematical events. I think it's a very real threat. And one of these issues is we still don't really seem, no doctor or scientist can really seem to tell you why these things are causing myocarditis um, because then I guess they would have to stop promoting these shots. But anyway, um, yeah, thanks so much for, for joining everyone and, uh, I'll see you next time.